If you are thinking about starting a podcast like we were, uh, check out Anchor. Anchor is kind of a one-stop shop for everything. Uh, you can record on Anchor. You can edit your podcast on Anchor. They have lots of sound clips. They have free music. Uh, Anchor also will take care of all your hosting. And you can also get paid from Anchor, just like I am doing this ad right now. So uh, head on over to anchor.fm or download the mobile app. And without further ado, welcome to the show. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they're raping everybody out here. Should, now, a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels kind of like we're up the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry. I'm the boss. That's how about right. that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of uh, uh, women. You just gotta keep on paddling. You know, I got talking blood, man. Streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. <laughs> Welcome to Up the Creek. So why do you think people listen to music? Have you ever thought about that? You know, that's a good, that's a really good question. Because it's been around since like, since man was around. I mean, right. music came shortly after. Why don't animals play music? Yeah. Or do they sing? Do they? And we just don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just Like wonder, whales, like, they make those. N- nothing as creative as, as humans when it comes to it. But like, why? You know, it's, or so we think. Maybe they do. Maybe like when birds are like chirping, like they're actually singing sometimes. Yeah. And we just don't know because, well, we can't talk to the fucking things. You know, there's people like they can come back and say, oh, the science and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but that's a lot of guessing. Yeah. I, I don't care how good you are and how smart you are. There's a lot of fucking guessing when it comes to that. Like when whales are doing their, you know, it kind of sounds like singing. Yeah. Could be. It could be talking too, but they could be singing sometimes because I'll tell, I mean, really singing is kind of like a form of communication. You know, they, they say music is the one universal language. I mean, right. You know, you can have any music. Well, it's it's like an extension of math, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's all yeah. universal. Yeah. It's and even like if you write out music, there's only one. Like how we write out music in English is the same in you know German and or and, and same in uh, Syrian and whatever. It's all you know. You have it's there's no difference versus like the language we speak. So there's different styles, but I mean there's. So do you think aliens listen to music? You'd have to, man. Like, <laughs> and so then, what would like the instrument be? Like, like some shit from Star Wars? <laughs> what well, is a guitar universal? The vibration of a string, you know, piano, guitar. Yeah. Well, frequencies. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Hmm. I mean, would that be a universal thing? Like, here's my stringed instrument. And they're like, oh, cool. We also have stringed instruments. Or you know? at that point, they... Or is it that Star Trek thing where you like... I don't, yeah. What is that called? I don't, I don't remember the name <laughs> of it, but yeah. I actually know a guy who has one of those. Oh, really? Yeah, he is a... I mean, I was in the army with him, and he was a big, like, really good singer. His name's Ashley, actually. He has super talented dude, you know, can play mm-hmm. saxophone, clarinet, but he can also play the shit out of the piano and the shit out of the guitar, and he can sing really well, and... What is that damn thing called? We could look it up. The computer's right there, but... Uh, I don't even know. They work off like a mech. It's like a resonance, isn't it? Yeah. And so your fingers like interfering with the field. Yep. And it distorts it. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
really cool. I mean, it just... They probably have stuff like that. Well, I don't know. You know, we always talk about aliens, and everybody thinks they're so advanced. But how do we know they're just not like us? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and that's how, why how we do you haven't seen them yet? You know, how do you advance past like a guitar? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. It's yeah. you know, magnets and a little bit of distortion and some vibration, or just an acoustic guitar, right? It's literally just right. a string humming in yeah. a box. At that point, it's all electric, solid state type stuff, and it's you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because really, think about it, like, instruments themselves have been around. Like, we'll use the trumpet, for instance. Right. The trumpet's never changed. And you can't. I mean, what what's next besides going to, like, that little thing we were just talking about? Right. You know, what's... Yeah, the piano, they come out with a keyboard, but, okay, that's, like, as far as advanced as a keyboard's going to get. Or the only other thing I could think would be if you had a an AI of some kind mm-hmm. that could just make whatever sound and do it, like, you know, flawlessly, then you wouldn't need instruments because the computer just does it all for you. And then if music is is putting together, you know, chords and progressions and notes and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, could an AI just, hey, play me this, and then it kind of knows your mood. I was you just... because you have yeah. some kind of chip, and then it's like, this is going to hit the spot, and just make some shit up. And then you're like, Wow. I guess. Is that... So then when you would go to concerts... Would you even listen to it, or would you just, like, <laughs> sit in a chair and, like, push a button on your chip and be, like... And, and get in, like, two seconds, you yeah, know? Yeah. You just kind of feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It just and it then, does it for you, and then you go. What about, like, if there was concerts where, like, everybody goes and... Like, it's actually silent. Right. You just plug into the chair. Yeah. Well, they have those silent discos. Have you heard of that? No. Oh, so people go, and they'll, like, have headphones. Like, Bluetooth headphones. Sure. And... Uh, you know, they'll just like, like be like, you know, jamming <laughs> out, but no, no, no noise whatsoever. And there's a DJ up top doing his thing, but it's all fucking through. You know, you can't hear anything. That's crazy. Yeah, it's weird as shit. And I've never, I've just seen videos, you know, and like on TV shows, but it's a real thing. Yeah, hmm. really strange. So I can just see that, like, everybody just goes and you're just kind of like, maybe bobbing your head a little bit. Like this is nice. <laughs> you know, there's no nice. no music <laughs> when you get to that point. But that's like when you get to the point. If, if we get to the point of that, you know, that's like the Neuralink thing from Elon Musk, and like right. we quit talking as far as like physical talking, and it's just like we'd sit here and think. Right. But then, how would podcast working? How how would that work? Like I don't know. Would you just would you just download it? Like we sit here and think, and it like records it to a a drive that's in the cloud, and then. People are like, they just download, you know. There's a movie, so I can't strange. think of what it was, where they're, he's got to learn how to do something. And so they like just download it to him as he's doing it. Mm. I, I'll think of it. So, I mean. So on that note, would the aliens be like extremely boring? If they're super advanced? I, I mean, because like yeah, the AI guitar versus like playing a guitar is it. I don't know. There's a lot of people that even feel like live music or live entertainment versus, you know, something that's on TV or recorded, mm-hmm. you know, you might prefer one to the other, but, or, or a, a real wood fireplace versus a gas, gas fireplace that's yeah. in like a glass enclosure. Well, there's just right? something about the, the, the ambiance. Re- yeah. The, the realness or whatever. Shit. Yeah. Well, I could, I, that can even go back to, uh, amplifiers, you know, more people are going back to record players and. Oh, the tube amplifiers you know, are tube coming amplifiers, back hard. Yeah. yeah yep. Because. We and just, solid state ones are are getting really good, but yeah, there's just yeah. the tube ones. You just 
Yep. Just a little different. Well, and there's something about a record, you know, it's, you get that, you know, that kind of that, but it's just so raw, you know? Yeah. It's not, and also you don't lose, there's parts of music you lose when you go digital. Absolutely. I actually was listening to, uh, I want to say it might've even been like Alice Cooper Mm -hmm. or something one time, but who know. No, it wasn't Alice Cooper. It was somebody who played guitar back in the 70s and 80s, and he was talking about, like, modern music is so, it's so bass-heavy, and, you know, this guy had since moved on to, like, jazz stuff, I think about it, which is what all, like, great guitar, seems like they always end up being jazz guys when they're old, Mm -hmm. but uh, the digital stuff favors kind of the more bass frequencies. You lose some of the highs and the mids, he was saying, Yeah, and so that's been kind of the change from... Not necessarily saying this was the only reason why, but there's less of like that older kind of music because so much of it is lost just by the way we encode stuff. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but yeah. makes me wonder. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody's listened to MP3s back in the day where it sounds like they were talking in a can or underwater. It just has kind of that weird, like you can tell it's digital. Yeah, it's just different. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's gotten better and stuff, but yeah, it's, I mean... Well, and I forget, because I've read about this before, but, like, I forget, like you said, and it might be just the highs and the mids and stuff, that that is lost. It's like, you know, you got this frequency that if you play music and we can hear it, and you put it on a tape or a record, you know, you get all those frequencies, but as soon as you go digital, automatically, like, X amount gets cut off. Yeah. And it might just be, like you said, the mids and the highs, but they all go... Because, I mean, which I've never even, like, one time had subwoofers in a car for, I don't know, like a month and they got stolen. But other than that, like, you know, but I have friends and, you know, even like back in high school, you know, the cool thing was to have, you know, like a couple subs or something, right. and, you know, and just, you can't hear anything. No. All nothing. you fucking hear is it feeling, it's just obnoxious as hell. Right. Don't get me wrong. I like some bass, but I also like every other, you know, I want to hear the mids. I want to hear the highs. Right. I mean. Yeah, if you go to my, like, equalizer in my truck and stuff, it's like, I have a little bit of bass, but I have the highs up there, too, because you, you right. get that extra. Well, that's you know. what I wonder is, like, because you can feel music, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so like maybe the bass, you know, it's the easiest one to feel. That's the, the most intense, you know, the lower frequency stuff, but yeah, high frequency do it to you. I mean, that's, you know, you, kind of feeling where you get the goosebumps. Not that I listen to music to try to get the goosebumps, but Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you, yeah. you can experience it that way. Yeah. Well, there's been some songs, like, the first time I hear them, I'm like, whoa. It, like, hits differently, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's a really good song. You know, just, and I have got goosebumps from it, you know? So. So aliens have none of that because, you know, they apparently quit playing yeah. guitars. They just have the thing and they're just listening to it in headphones. And, yeah. Well, it's they, like internal they just plug headphones. in and, you know. Yeah. And then you experience it, like you said, like, within two seconds. Right. You know, what what we experience out of the course of like a a three minute song, it's like instantaneous for him. Nah. Okay, thanks. I right. listen to it, you know, because all them thoughts and everything floods in all at one time. You know, Rogan's talked about that on his podcast a lot. You know, with like the stereotypical little green man, mm-hmm. you know, and like they're all you know big heads and no dick, you know, and they're right. all super frail and like, do we get to a point where, you know? I, and actually, it, it it makes sense, because think about, like, you know, cavemen, Neanderthals, whatever. They were all brute, big strength, you know, and that's how you got shit done. Right. But as we have evolved as humans, you know, from then till now, I mean, 
we have gotten smaller. You know, the average height of man has changed. I mean, well, I mean, we're taller now. Are we taller now? I yeah. thought we were taller. Back the average then. the average person is is quite a bit bigger. But I would say that you're right in comparison. That yeah. like especially between like Neanderthals, our our bones aren't as heavy. I don't yeah. think you know we're not as dense. Uh, Hell, I thought we were taller back then, but whatever. No, I think a lot of that's got to do with just food and diet. You know, oh, we, we can we can reach a greater potential because we're the average person is well much more better nutrition than well you know, right we live longer and shit like that too so that makes sense but i think i don't know i've thought about that like on the one hand did the aliens get super frail because all they do is you know like think about having to to go entertain yourself outside and then the advent of tv you just sit on the couch and you absorb mm-hmm. you know frequency right you don't get sunlight you just kinda, yeah, yeah so yeah. You, you atrophy and then uh you know, if aliens have reached an extreme of that, it would either be, yeah, they they have no need for physical stuff. So just over thousands of years, they became these, you know, little tiny green men with big heads. Or yeah. would it be that space is incredibly dangerous because of radiation, the distances involved, you know, these really skinny air margins for something catastrophic to happen mm-hmm. and be stranded where no one can get you, that the primary entity that you you know evolved or lived on a planet never even goes into deep space is it that the things that get sent out into space <clears throat> even for us in the future future are like a cyborg genetically engineered thing that's made specifically go to to go to space uh-huh. so so did they bioengineer a little slave humanoid thing with a big head that's really smart doesn't need to be strong and doesn't need to be big because that means it needs less calories and it can fit in a smaller craft, which means you can put more crap out there into space. Yeah, well, I, I've even seen like, you know, you know how like plants are basically solar powered, right? Yeah. So, I mean, could you make a creature that its skin could just absorb light and make sugars that could run? And you don't? They don't actually even eat. And yeah, and you you, you don't have to eat, or it lessens what they do have to eat. That's you know, fucking nuts. So, yeah. Solar powered skin, basically, yeah. right? Well, you know, I hate to, like, go back to the show, or not go back to a show, but talk about a show like, like, I was watching that Expanse show. Mm-hmm. I'm only a few episodes in, but, like, the people that are born in space, basically. Right. You know, they're super scrawny, which, right. I mean, makes sense, though, because... Yeah, no we, gravity, you don't gotta be big. Yeah, and we've seen it with people that go to the space station. Mm-hmm. You have to exercise, if not, you'll atrophy, your bones become brittle. Right. Because you don't need it, you don't have gravity making you you know stronger there's a scene in that show that's really cool the i think it's in the first season and i'm i can't remember if it's a belter or a martian i want to say it's a martian but Mm -hmm. he's on earth and they're torturing him for information but the torture is just making him stand up oh yeah it's like the second episode or something yeah yeah that's clever i was like because that's that's reality yeah forcing somebody to stand who can't take it and then later in the eh, third season maybe the uh main character and his love interest um he tries to bring her back to earth or i don't know if it's earth or another planet might be both but there's like a steroid pill that they can take Mm -hmm. to try to really speed up the rate that their body gets ready to be in full gravity but it's also really really hard on you yeah and there's a time where i think one of them is they're near death and pretty sickly because mm-hmm. of the effects of the gravity change. And I don't know, interesting stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Which would be another thing to, I would wonder, uh, you know, in like the UFO thing, 
you know, they come here, but do they land? And, you know, if they were coming here, why don't they land? Well, I could think of two things, and it would be, we know just from our own space flight that landing somewhere else is incredibly challenging. Even flying an airplane, it's takeoff and landing is when there's all the margin for error. Yeah. So, I mean, are you going to risk it doing that and not being able to get back up? You know, that's a hurdle to consider. And then the other one would be this gravity thing we're talking about, right? Like, if you're a tiny little green man who's, you know, thigh is as big around as my forearm, and he's made for, like, floating in space, he's just going to come down here at that big-ass 20-pound bowling ball head and collapse. I mean, what's he what's he going to do? Right. You know, he's he's immediately useless compared to, you know, the Anybody. basically giants on Earth. Yeah. You know? You know, I, well, and then go back to, like I said in the very beginning when we first started talking, but how do we know that there's just, we're not, there's not aliens like that right right now. Definitely could be a possibility, but we just, the other aliens are just humans like us, or, you know, there's something, but they're just not that advanced yet. Yeah. You know, because there will be a time, unless the world blows up, that we do go into space flight, like right. that, that, that show, Expanse. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Unless the world blows up and there's some huge, you know, Armageddon or whatever, right. that will happen. Science fiction has proven time and time again to become a reality. Sure. Eventually. You know, think about the old Star Trek. You know, like our iPhones, you know, we can FaceTime each other. That Back then, that was unheard of. That was in Star Trek. They were doing it, you know. Well, now we can do it. Right. I mean, you know, think about, hell, not even Star Trek, uh... Well, before the iPhone came out, 2007, let's think about the 2000s, you know, the 2000s. You know, you'd see that on shows, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's crazy, that's advanced. Right. That's, you know, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, people weren't FaceTiming. Oh, Sky- sure. Sky- I don't even know when <clears throat> Skype even came around, but it's not been that long, you know, maybe the last 10 years or so. So it's just, you know, it's kind of crazy to, you know, I mean. I think about even, like, the advent of useful electricity in kind of the mid late 1800s and mm-hmm. then that marching towards uh the transistor in like the you know the 40s and the 50s mm-hmm. and then now i mean hell there's transistors all over this freaking room i mean anything oh, yeah. that's electronic i mean we've we've built an entire world on that in a, in a period of only about 150 years mm-hmm. so thinking about like all the sci-fi space stuff like what's the next little thing that leads to a hundred other things that, that just changes all that altogether and makes that possible. Cause that's what science fiction really is, is it's, it's, it's humans. We're thinking about all the problems that we need to work out and we don't mm-hmm. necessarily know the science that we'd need to uncover to work those problems out like effectively, but we know what it needs to look like mm-hmm. or, or what it has to do. Like we, we know the problem and we know the solution. We just don't know how to get to the solution. And so yeah. it, it's kind of like brainstorming. In a way. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just wild. You think, like, when when Earth was created, and, you know, even let's, even if you follow just the Bible and you think, you know, a couple thousand years ago or whatever, like, it took how long out of those 2,000 years to get to the late 1800s yeah. to where electricity was being discovered or, well, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got like boom, 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 exponentially. It's kind of, you know. Right. And even if we want to go back to, you know, Big Bang Theory, you know, it's been around for a billion years. Okay. That just even makes it crazier. You know, it took all them years and all of a sudden we've hit this one spot in time. Right. And all of a sudden it's just fucking, you know, going up. I was reading a thing today on popular science or popular mechanics. Can't remember. 
but they have come up with ion drive technology to propel aircraft. Yeah. So basically it was like 20,000 volts. They basically had an airfoil and in the front of the airfoil, they had 20,000, it was charged 20,000 volts positive. And then in the back of it, they had 20,000 negative. And that is what propelled that through the air. It created an ionic wind. And I'm kind of butchering this, but sure. it was very interesting. Just they're, and they're just doing models, you know, and this thing's probably as long as this room. Flying through a gym. But they they achieve flight. Yeah. And so was, they have stuff like that that they've tested on a small scale in space. Because the mm-hmm. idea in space is that, you know, like you're saying, it's just a, a simple airfoil. So I mm-hmm. imagine it's like super duper light. Oh, yeah. And so like the thing in space is the same concept, but it's even better because in space you don't, you're not really having to work against any resistance for the most part. So that tiny little thrust, mm-hmm. but if you can keep it going, like if you could put yeah. a little nuclear reactor up there to keep that charge or whatever, and even if you're only putting out like a tiny number of Newtons worth of force to push mm-hmm. something, but you can keep that force going for a year, you're just going to accelerate almost indefinitely. And so for long distance space travel, you know, you'd basically just keep going and going and going and you'd be slowly accelerating build up, build up, build up. because yeah, you're not working against anything. So. Right, right. It was real interesting. And it, I don't know. So that, I think they, I think it was MIT that was working on it, which makes sense. Um, and they, and they think they said they've been working on this for like four years or something like that. I believe I may have just butchered that, but I believe the article said four years. It's like, holy shit. In four years, we've achieved this. So another four years, they're they're gonna probably have something an actual prototype that flies, or sorry, that someone can fly. Yeah, you know, can actually be manned. And I was like, Jesus, you know. Then about twenty years from now, like, what happens to jet engines? Right. You know, because that that technology is way better than a jet engine. You know. Right. So then, fifty years from now, you know, rockets and stuff. You know, you don't have these giant, big, bulky. You know, like. Well, you know way more about this than I do, but like the, you know, the rockets they have, like they have all this, this giant rocket in this little tiny little part that yeah. there's actually the people are in. Yeah. Most of it is fuel. Yeah. Just, just having to burn fuel to, to get into space. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's actually a guy, if you're on Twitter, uh, Mike McCulloch, and he actually has money from the DOD to, to study, uh, the M drive, they call it. And it's, uh, it violates the known laws of physics. So if it ends up being true, then it's going to would rewrite physics it would like everything you've ever heard about dark matter dark energy just throw Mm. that shit in the trash not real oh wow and uh but it's the same kind of idea that he's basically producing thrust with basically nothing so it would mean that you could have a rocket you know and you could like imagine all that space but not having to be fuel it could be stuff Mm -hmm. and the rocket's not going to shoot off and necessarily go supersonic you know but it would just keep keep going up Right, because there's there's nothing stopping it, and uh, that would be a game changer for sure. Oh yeah. And then I, you know, on that note, because some of that might be kind of far fetched. I don't know. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who say that it's wrong, but battery technology is the big one for electric stuff. Yeah. Because you know batteries kind of are the same problem with like the rocket that has to carry all the fuel. Mm-hmm. Batteries are heavy, and yeah. so most of the weight of like an electric airplane is battery batteries and capacitors so how can you shrink that stuff down that way you can carry more stuff and less you know quote unquote fuel right well that's happening i mean it's, it's yes it's slow but think about the teslas and stuff right think of, all right so i have a drill in my garage 
you know, and it has a, has a it's a great drill, awesome, but it has two giant bulky ass NiCad batteries, you know, nickel yeah. cadmium, and they're this big around, and they're you know three inches thick. So for the listeners, they're probably you know two inches by four inches, and they're three inches thick. Giant heavy ass batteries that don't last for shit. Now I have another drill that has a lithium ion battery in it, and it is the same diameter pretty much, but it's or surface area but it's right. the uh it's ha- less than half the thickness and that battery i charge that damn thing maybe and i use that drill a lot really yeah for home stuff i charge that thing like once a month you know and it's like holy shit you think about our cell phones you know right that we use all day long you know and the battery's Just a little foil pouch exactly yep. it's teeny fucking tiny so and then you know the tesla's electric cars you know it's like well we're getting there yeah they're heavy and they're bulky but you know, five years ago wasn't even. I mean, electric vehicles were. You know, I was hearing of. you talk about your drill and the NICAD battery. Uh-huh. I still got a couple of those floating around that I don't ever use anymore. Yeah, I don't but, use uh, that either. But man, we're at kind of an era era where, like, you know, you said for those who are listening, it's like, and there probably are a lot of younger people like that don't even know what a NICAD battery old is. Old ass fucking heavy yeah. battery. <laughs> like we watched, we watched Jaws last night because uh-huh. our daughter's been obsessed with like shark movies lately, uh-huh. and. uh there's a scene in there where he's holding a flashlight, but it's one of those like old school. It's got one of those big giant six volt batteries, big old batteries oh, in the back. <laughs> and I remember having those as a kid, but yeah. like, you don't see them anymore. Nobody Absolutely. uses that. No. And I was just like, man, this is funny. We're at a point where like technology, like, you know that it's a flashlight, but it's some wildly different form factor. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even, you can't even buy a NICAD battery in a store anymore. I don't oh, think, no, I don't every, think everything's so. lithium. Yeah. So yeah, that's a bunch of antique junk laying around. That's funny. You say that because. That battery, you know, you shine that and the light is terrible. They're you know, worthless. The yeah. lumens are like fucking maybe a hundred. I don't, I don't know. But then I have a, a few in the house and you can get them on Amazon. Dirt cheap. You mm-hmm. know, they're 20 bucks. And it's a little tiny flashlight that has one of them CR, I think 123 batteries. It's yeah. like a short, fat looking double A type thing. And it's an LED. And that light, it it's bright as fuck. Yeah. You know, super bright. And it's an, I don't know, sixteenth of the size of that battery, you know, that, that yeah, flashlight you're talking absolutely. about. Yep. And even then, I have an old mag light that I've had this thing. It's more of like a, I keep it, you know, in case I ever had to hit somebody with it. You know, <laughs> right? It's more of a small bag. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I had this. It, I think it requires three or four D batteries, and it was an LED. Now I've had this thing for over ten years now, and it's like barely as bright as the flashlight on your phone. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I was cleaning out my shop the other day and i found one of those behind the cabinets in the wall got mm-hmm. stuck back there yeah and uh it was uh <clears throat> wasn't the d battery it was like the c size but still had like four of them in mm-hmm. it yeah so it's this big old bat and it's like yeah like cough like you know it's that that's the equivalent <laughs> light and yeah. then i've got like this little you know one that's you know the handles like the width of this neck bottle and it's it's a rechargeable version of those cr123s or whatever but it's uh-huh. it's super bright i mean it could yeah Bright 500 yards, easy. Yeah. You can, and you can do a strobe on it. It's yeah. like, oh, fuck, epilepsy kicked in. I mean, right. we should probably quit boring the listeners with flashlights. But what we're getting <laughs> at is, you know, it's crazy at this technology, how it's exponentially, it's grown. Even in the last, you know, let's say 10 years, how it's just crazy gone up. Yeah. Another 10 years, it's going to be, I don't even know. I mean, it's it's wild. Well, so to go back, so current events, aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an article on a newer place called The Debrief, and there was an incident in 2019 where an F-18 encountered a 
black triangle with rounded edges and lights at each corner that apparently came out of the ocean and then went went up into the air or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, we haven't seen pictures of that one. Allegedly, they exist, and that one's a bigger deal because it, unlike those videos that everybody's seen of the Tic Tac and stuff, yeah, supposedly they got a pretty clear picture of this one. Uh, you should go back and you should explain Tic Tac because... I'm not gonna lie. I know you know way more about it. I know a tiny bit, but I'm I don't know if the listeners don't know. Oh well, sure. So about. you could just go to YouTube and you know type in Tic Tac UFO. Basically, in in 2004, on the USS Nimitz aircraft carrier in the Princeton was a destroyer. They were out in the Pacific uh, doing training exercise and ran into some sort of weird radar return. Uh, an E2 Hawkeye radar type plane went out and it 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 picked up something. And then, obviously, the F-18s went out and then saw something. And then the second F-18 actually took a little infrared video that, you know, it really looks, just looks like a black blob on a camera. But mm-hmm. listening to the pilots talk about it, and then, uh, you know, we've... we've I've personally talked to one of the guys on the Princeton as part of that Skinwalker Radio one we did. Right, And then one right. of the guys that was associated with the Hawkeye about that, that was in 2004. And then there was another similar incident on the East Coast... Uh, those were the Go Fast and the FLIR UFO, if you YouTube those. And same sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And then, so this this one in 2019 is another encounter. And for whatever reason, it's always the Navy. And they seem to be, like even the Tic Tac UFO, one of the initial incidences is that it was really low to the ocean and there was something disturbing the surface and then it you know came up. Mm-hmm. Well, this one supposedly they saw come out of the water. And there's been a lot of rumor that submarines are encountering these things in the water as well and that has the navy worried because they're nobody's supposed to know where the submarines are and they're all carrying around a bunch of nukes you know so yeah absolutely what do you do if one of these things runs into it or a submarine runs into something that you don't know yeah but uh i don't know where I, all i was gonna say was uh you know back to our kind of talking about the gravity and stuff mm-hmm. maybe that's why they go underwater and they just kind of oh. float around in the water, right? They well, that makes don't sense. Don't have to walk. Yeah. I don't know. It just that. I mean, yeah. If there is an advanced advanced civilization out there, and if you wanted to stay hidden, because I mean, fuck, we don't go out there. How no. many how many boats do you even see out in the middle of the ocean? None. Well, the, the ocean's like what? I mean, it's like twelve percent explored or something. I think. Right. I, I just may have made that number up, but it's super low. No, it's probably accurate. I think they say yeah. that we know less about that than we do the distance, you know, the moon or whatever. Right. So. And you know, I guess. Go back to what we were saying about that uh, show, Ex- the Expanse, you know, okay, there are this group of these little green men, and gravity hurts them, you know? Yeah. So they can only stand it for so long, so they do go under underwater, and then they have to come up for whatever to observe, and then they go back down, and yeah. we have no idea because, well, we don't explore the ocean. You know, and, and if you're in a sub, you know, and you see something, a, a blip on the radar, you're probably not going to think UFO. You're going to think, oh, whale. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm sure... Sperm whales show up on radar. I would think they're fucking big enough. So I mean, you know, that's pretty. That's a pretty wild theory. But I, I'm on board. Uh, that's. I mean, I, gravity doesn't change when you go underwater. I just guess if they were going to get out of the ship, yeah, and and look at stuff, right, they, right, you know, it'd be easier for them. I guess. Maybe. Oh, I, I guess it know. doesn't unless they flood their ship with water and they can breathe underwater. Sure. Or if they have some sort of super high powered nuclear anti gravity generator thing. It needs but to be cooled needs by to water. Be cooled, yeah. So they got to take it underwater. Yeah. You know, so they go down to these deep thermal vents where no humans go, yeah. except for like maybe once a year for 15 minutes. Right. And they hide out down there, you know, to yeah. disguise the thermal signature. We should. That's what I would do if I was a freaking 
no, pansy yeah. ass alien with tiny legs <laughs> big head no dick yeah <laughs> you know we should explore the uh the ocean more we really should because yeah. there's parts of the ocean we've never even been to absolutely and you know and as technology gets better we do have subs and stuff that can handle the pressure mm-hmm. and they are they're constantly finding new life down there and they're all you know luminescent like see-through weird looking stuff yeah weird shit but i mean they live down there you know I, okay since we're on t- we're talking about this i started watching on netflix alien worlds last night yeah we watched we watched the first episode oh, yeah. of it the other day and it's it's interesting i mean you know the the alien world side is complete fiction speculation yeah but what they do is they take a lot of you know the same like laws of nature i don't know whatever you want to say like how they i guess how we have stuff here yeah um, and kind of apply it to what they think. Like, so for instance, um, uh, what is that? It's the, uh, it's the parasite that's in, uh, it's in cat shit. Um, it affects rats to where it makes them so they don't, uh, if they have. They're not afraid of cat pee or yeah, whatever. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know well, what you're talking about. Pregnant women aren't supposed to have it or have cats around. Right. Because. Starts it starts with the T, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting because what it does, you know, is it changes the, uh, if you have a lab mice and, and, and a regular out field mice, you know, the field mice, it'll experience cat shit. It eats the cat shit or whatever. The parasite affects the brain, so when they smell cat pee later on, it doesn't... Uh, and it, it affects the offspring, too. It doesn't make them afraid and run away. So then the cats can eat the mice. Then it goes into the cat's, you know, where digestive. The, it, it shits it out. Yeah. And it's just this constant life cycle of how this stuff has evolved. And for lab rats and mice, you know, they who've never been around that or cat shit and that parasite, they smell cat pee and they freak out, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so they were using that on, I think it was like the third episode. And, uh, you know, it had uh, these uh, weird little gra- grazers that, that ate this uh, fungus, you know, like a mushroom, basically. And the fungus evolved to where it would put off a thing and it would basically kill the fear, just like the... Um, my God, it's going to kill me with that fucking... Uh, that uh, parasite's called. But anyways, just same kind of thing where it killed the fear so these little predatory animals wouldn't come... They, they, so they didn't run away. So the predatory animal would go kill it, eat it, then they would... Then the fungus, or the, the parasite at that point, would kill this predatory animal because it ate the other animal. It would die, then the new fungus would grow out of that animal. Right. And it's just... It's really interesting. I mean, it's... I think it's a pretty good show, actually. No, it's super... It's clever because... Yeah. They're physics problems. Mm-hmm. So the one we watched was the, uh, you know, they're on a planet and the air pressure is a lot greater. It's a much more dense atmosphere. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's the same concept of floating in the water is, you know, whatever's less dense than the water for the most part is what's going to float. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing in the air, like this air had really high pressure, really dense atmosphere. So in order for things to fly, it didn't take near as much effort. Yeah. So you would have many more things flying because flying didn't require as much, you know, muscles and specialization. Right. And then it got to where even the seeds of the plants floated. Mm-hmm. And so the things were flying around the air, just eating stuff that floated. And and so that was just a interesting one. And that, yeah. And that same one, there was these, uh, oh, it was some, whatever, a bug or something, you know, that would actually fill its, uh, like a sack. Floated up and then came down to yeah. catch the other things. Yeah. Because that's how, uh, falcons and hawks and predatory right. birds work. You know, they, and how it had it in the in the uh, the, the show was these what are they these sky grazers I think is what they call yeah. them actually you know they're up there floating around with these little like bugs and they're they'd they'd hunt in packs because they're so small 
It may not have been bugs, but little animal. You know, they float up above them, and then they would release their little sack, and they, they talked about what it would be filled with, you know, to make them float, like a helium-type compound. Yeah. Anyways, and it'd come down, and it would, you know, like, latch onto the sky grazer and you know it would eventually fall to the ground that's how they would eat and that's you know kind of hawks they they do that they they go up real high they find whatever prey they're looking for and then they because it had in that episode where right. they tuck their wings back and they're almost like a bullet shooting down straight towards it right and, you know this is it's cool and then i i don't remember maybe in second episode but they had talked about uh going or going in caves yeah so you may have i don't know if you saw that but and there's stuff like back to the ocean you know there's Stuff we've never even, you know, like, or or discovering every day new life form, and they're doing the same thing in these caves, because you have to wear oxygen to go into them, because you know it's just so far underground, and there's, you know, it's the gases that are produced, and right. it's just like that's just crazy ash shit, you know? Yeah. So like on the on the flight thing, I'll mention that again because the <clears throat> I think I think it's Perseverance, the next Mars rover, it's going to mm-hmm. land I think sometime next year. It's actually carrying a drone with it. Oh, wow. It's going to go fly around Mars at like, you know, only like a minute or two at a time and then land and, you know, recharge and go again. But it's way different because Mars has like a couple percents worth of the atmosphere that's on Earth. Mm -hmm. So it's much harder to fly on Mars because Mars has a crazy, not dense atmosphere. So they had to make this really specialized thing to try to get it to fly Uh on Mars, right? And, you know, that's kind of one of the questions is people's, oh, why don't we send something that, you know, flies around Mars? Well, it's really hard to fly there. And then, like, the they want to send another one to the uh, Titan, one of the moons of Saturn, which has an atmosphere that is about the same as Earth's density-wise, I think. It's much colder, but it'd be easier to fly there, presumably. But, you know, that's something I think, you know, we kind of take for granted, you know, because it's kind of a simple thing to think about. In physics terms, you know, the yeah. the flight thing. But, yeah, so the Jupiter is Europa, I think. That the moon, moon there that's, like, yeah. covered in ice. They want to melt through the ice someday and uh, explore the ocean there. And, you know, it's because everywhere we look on our ocean, whether it's, you know, underwater caves or underneath the ice in the Arctic, there's life everywhere. Like, they've never gone somewhere and not found it. Yeah. And so... You know, that's what they want to go to Europa for, because if it's, you know, if there's tons of water there, and it's not necessarily all solid, is how, there going to be something there? How so. exciting would that be? Oh, crazy. Dude, you know, I, every time they go in those deep yeah. sea subs, like you said, they find yeah. something new every yeah. time. So, yeah. Yeah. That would be, I'd nerd the hell out if, the, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, as far as technology is going, we might see that before we pass away. Possible. I mean, and I would be like. Nerd boner, you know. I mean, yeah. I think they'll definitely would... land something on yeah. Europa in our lifetime. Easy, yeah. Uh, melting through the ice. I don't know. I mean, it depends on rocket technology and how many rockets they can shoot out there. Well, that and or or back to that ion drive. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that point. You can get there, but then you have to have something has to create the energy to create the heat. And I don't know. If... Well, that, that I think isn't really so much of a problem. That I think is going to be. It's it's nuclear. I mean, we're going to have to start yeah, making, like, plutonium have. and stuff again, which is inherently dangerous, but once it's out in space, who gives a shit? Blows if, up. If that's whatever, what allows yeah. you to explore, yeah. then hell yeah. And uh, I think we're getting there. And then I think the other thing that might change is... Uh, <clears throat> so we have kind of this focus on building, like, these massive rockets 
and most of the rocket just carries fuel to get payload into space. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the answer to some of this stuff isn't going to be lots of little rockets that don't necessarily go as far, but then those payloads can all meet up in space, kind of like a space station almost, and then some other lifting body goes into space and hooks up to that and then launches all that from space towards wherever it's going to go. Oh, so that's a good so idea. rather than yeah. having to build you know, a gigantic Saturn V to carry all this crap from Earth the one time, you mm-hmm. have, you know, 10 launches. And if they ever put humans on Mars, that's going to be kind of what they need, too. There's going to have to be a constant cadence of rockets outbound to Mars because it takes so long to get there. You're going to just have to have a constant yeah, supply stream, stream going all the time of stuff that's not manned. So really, it's going to come down to launch cost and then how quickly they can do it, which is... The stuff that SpaceX is mastering with the, you know, the reusable rockets and right. things like that. So, yeah. how long does it take to get to Mars? Uh, it depends on when they launch. I, it used to be like a year. Now I think it's probably like maybe six or seven months, maybe a little bit longer than that. I don't quote me on that. Well, but, and what? But it's not quite a year. Isn't it the uh, the reason why it's only a one way trip is because the non-gravity and what it does to your body or no so think about that saturn V rocket mm-hmm. like it's this huge rocket but it's just this little tiny thing on top that actually goes to the moon yeah i guess that makes sense. so you don't have anything left to come back yeah so one of the things they would have to do is uh send a bunch of fuel to mars on like little rockets that's yeah. drifting out there for them to you know land and recover it somehow and mount it up and blast off or find a way to make fuel from the atmosphere of Mars or something that they can find. Mm-hmm. Because Mars doesn't have as much gravity, so you wouldn't need, you know, another Saturn V to get off of Mars. I mean, you would you could get away with a much smaller rocket, but you're still right. stuck with having to haul fuel yeah. in, of whatever the fuel's going to be. Yeah, we got to get that shit figured out so we can... Well, and if it's like a ion drive or the M drive, mm-hmm. that solves the problem easy, yeah. and it's a complete non-issue. And then you can go wherever you want at any time. Yeah. So, I wonder when we figure out, like, warp speed, you know? Right. Like, you know, I, I don't know who we call it warp speed at that point. Who knows? But, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. It Kind of like the, uh, what what movie was that? It had Matthew McConaughey in it. The Interstellar? Black, the black holes and stuff. Yeah, Interstellar. Yeah, that was super fucking good. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, that's how. Because I was reading about black holes again, and uh, there's been some new... I can't remember what they had. There was some. There was new information about black holes and how they work, and they were able to. Cre- and it's not a true black hole, but they're cre- creating them in labs, and it's not even using water. I can't remember exactly what the article said. Now I drew a huge blank. But yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, that was that was fun. But yeah. <laughs> it was it was interesting. So if you could create a, the reason I was talking about that though is if you could create a black hole to. If that's how black holes work, and we could use them as a warp drive to propel ourselves through, you know, whatever. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You got to think a hundred years from now, how's it going to be? Or right. are we, we going to be able to have interstellar space travel like it's nothing? And we're like, man, I can't believe it took us this long, you know? You know, that's funny because I don't know. You know, if you look at like, so we watched Back to the Future again mm-hmm. not too long ago. And at the end of Back to the Future, he comes back. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about Marty's kids. And he's wearing, like, some silver sunglasses. The car is running off, like, trash. He's using, like, you know, yeah, reusable yeah. food. The car is flying, which we don't quite have. 
But the glasses that he's wearing are basically those pit vipers. Yes, they are. They're, they're pit vipers. And which everybody's is, wearing them now. <laughs> everybody's wearing them now. The car doesn't fly, but the, the biodiesel stuff or whatever, that's a thing. It that, is, you know, yeah. That's, that's catching on. They're even yeah. wanting to do that in airplanes, I think, to some extent. Uh, it got a lot of stuff right. But I think what I notice, it's not that we don't have sci-fi now. It's that I think all of our sci-fi is like several hundred years in the future. Like, mm. like the Expanse, I think, is closer to like year 3000 almost. I, I don't, okay. don't quote yeah. me on that, but it's further out in the future. Yeah. And then like uh, in the 50s, you know, or even the 80s, the flying car thing, they were thinking that in 20 years. You yeah. Know, 1985, they're thinking, oh, cool, 30 years, 2015, we're going to be buzzing around. Right. right? <laughs> and didn't quite get that part. We got the no. we got the pit vipers. We got those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no flying car. And so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't really see a lot of sci-fi that's like just a few years in the future. No, it's definitely further out. Yeah. Or, or the stuff that I do see is, is more kind of cybernetic. You know, Neuralink kind of stuff, which which, is, it, which would be a big deal. But. That's that's fifty years out, probably. Yeah, I mean, even Elon Musk thinks that he's going to have it to where he can start curing epilepsy, or at least get to the point treating where they it. think treating yeah. it there within right. the next like ten years or twenty years or something like that. I can see that because yeah. I know they've done stuff with uh, computer chips already for people with certain kinds of paralysis, mm-hmm. where they can you know maybe not necessarily make them walk again, but they can restore like feeling or you know allow them movement you know touch feel stuff like that right so they'll if they look at it long enough they'll get there well they've got stuff that can already cure blindness and not cure i mean let me start they've got where you can actually see not every you know uh what what's the fucking color scale called um you're like kind of kind of color blind like you're mm-hmm. blind but you could see some colors you know yeah and then they have stuff where like they have implants where if you know you you're deaf you can start hearing then that's very very you know uh the technology is rough right now yeah. but it 20 years from now right i don't think blindness probably won't even be a thing right you know i mean oh he's blind okay click 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 he's good so I, that's going to be an interesting kind of moral dilemma too, I think, for a lot of people. Because I, so like the CRISPR baby thing in China, where the dude mm-hmm. edited some embryos to make them more resistant to AIDS, you know. But is that right to do? Right. Given that you know you don't know everything, you know, what are the effects long term going to be of the changes that you made? Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a tricky bridge to cross morally, but you know, I feel like if we have the ability to improve upon something in that regard then you kind of have an obligation to. Well, okay, yeah. So to the CRISPR thing, a lot of people are pissed because, like, he shouldn't be playing God. Well, if, you, if, you're, if you're religious and you believe in God, well, then God, God gave us everything to create that sure. technology to go to that point. So is he playing God? I mean, yeah, kind of, but at the same time, did God... That's, there's a reason why. Yeah. You know, I, I think some of it would be more immediate is... We don't know enough about CRISPR and about gene editing and what gene causes what. Yeah. You can go in there and say, oh, cool, I have this one biomarker that seems to be related to this specific thing. But what we do know is that that one gene might actually also be related to 50 other things. And so uh, the last I'd read on it, I haven't followed up on that in a while, but yeah, he, he did it allegedly to make them more resistant to HIV That's infection. what, yeah, it was, yeah. But it also looks like it's going to have some sort of an effect on their memory. You're going to have a better memory, right? Because oh. you're not allowed to have negative consequences in China. Everything is an improvement. Oh, absolutely. But it, but it just makes you wonder, <laughs> you know, what's the hidden thing? So yeah. 
There's so did, always something, yeah. yeah. Did we just, you know, raise these two kids to be lab rats their whole life, you know, and are they going to have some detrimental issue or did they already put them down somewhere? And there's there's actually been a couple sets of twins mm-hmm. uh, that have been born since then that he'd edited. And, you know, we haven't heard anything about them, which might be kind of telling maybe, but what's the ethics of doing that without knowing? And right. so the, the premise would be, you might be able to do things faster if you could do it with people, but we know that we can work a lot of this stuff out on, on computers and, and things like that too. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to slow down a little bit. And then on the, you know, I said obligation, I would even tie that into the, the vaccine thing to a point that we're having right now with the COVID. Yeah. I'm, I'm vehemently against the idea of a mandatory vaccine because I feel oh. like as a person, it's my right to determine what I do or don't do. To my own body. Yes. yes. Especially if you're going to have, you know, basically a 50-50% efficacy rate. I know they're throwing around, oh, 90%. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Right. Not how vaccines the, happen. But the flu stri- the flu changes every year. That's what I, yeah. yeah coronaviruses yeah. don't, yeah. Yeah, guess what? Well, they've been around for fucking ever. Right. <laughs> this is a, a stronger strain. Well, and then especially in the sense of, like, that it's rushed. I mean... The, the problem with, with vaccine stuff now is you have no legal recourse against the vaccine manufacturer. Yeah, and that's bullshit. There's been like one court case ever yeah. won by that Kennedy guy against somebody who made a vaccine. So you see all this stuff about, you know, vaccines and autism or whatever. And, you know, is there science that supports it, science that doesn't support it? Well, we don't actually study it a whole lot. And we don't do like long-term studies. No, we don't. So we don't really know. And so they'll just keep, you know, this kind of stigma of the anti-vaccine people. And it's like, you know, the reality with the vaccine thing is the vaccine companies have legal immunity. So what does that tell you about their position? If they have that much power within government to be, we're immune to being sued, but also your kids have to take 20 of these freaking things. And we're not going to study what long-term outcomes for, or like the flu shot. We're going to pump this shit out every year, twice a year. Go get freaking flu shots all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's got like, I think in a good year, like 30% effective. Yeah. 30, right? 30 to 40, I think is what it is. Yeah. And so yeah. like, for most people, like, even if there's only a 0.01% chance that it causes some sort of serious side effect versus a 30% chance that it prevents you from getting a flu, like, as a 30-some-year-old guy, I'm 32, I just remembered, uh... <laughs> Oh shit! I'm getting ready for like, 33. <laughs> like, is is that point zero one percent chance that it causes something bad to me worth the thirty percent chance that it stops me from getting something that makes me sick for a couple days? No, I, I just, I just, I'm not going to do it. So, like, when yes. when my wife had our daughter, uh-huh. uh, high risk pregnancy and stuff like that, and one of the things they wanted to push because of some stuff they told us was this amniocentesis thing. I, I think that was the name of it. It's basically where they stick a big old needle and they can pull out some some DNA from the kid basically or from the the mm-hmm. the sack the or whatever placenta, yeah. yeah something okay and uh but there's like a it was like a 1% chance that it could cause like a spontaneous abortion or something like that and so a lot of people do that and it's fine and i think that that going bad is is pretty rare but for us it was like well knowing now versus knowing 7 months from now doesn't change anything yeah. So why would I take that 1% chance right. that I destroy the whole thing? That would just be stupid. Yeah. And so we didn't do that. And so that's kind of 
maybe not a great comparison, but I kind of look at the vaccine thing that same way. Like, all right, so you want to tell me that I have to take this vaccine. And in the case of the COVID stuff, the two, there's several different vaccines. We'll get into that later. But the two that they're pushing the most are these mRNA vaccines. Mm-hmm. They've never been used in humans before. Hold on. I got to pee. Let's do it. Let's go pee, and then we'll get back to this. I was waiting for this to come up. All right. Okay, so you were saying mRNA vaccine. Yeah, so the Moderna, I think Moderna, and for sure the Pfizer vaccine are both mRNA vaccines. And so, I don't know, I don't really even totally know exactly how it works, Mm -hmm. but basically the reaction that it's causing works kind of the same way that a virus does, is in the mRNA goes in and it alters your cell to -hmm. produce something. So a virus hijacks your cell to make more virus. Mm-hmm. And so what this is doing is it's hijacking us. Well, I'm going to butcher this, but to produce antibodies. Yeah. Right? I actually, I read about it because I was curious. Go for it. And my wife. So what it does, it takes the spike protein. So, all right, let's get back into, so retroviruses. So first 8% of our DNA is made up by viruses. Um, and this, uh, syncotin one protein S-Y-N-C-Y-T-I-N. Syncotin-1 protein. It comes from old retroviruses of whenever. Okay, well, now this also, this syncotin-1 protein is a cell-to-cell fusion uh, protein. So it helps with um, childbirth, placenta and stuff like that. All right. So that protein is also... A spike protein and it and then we get into peptides and I'm kind of gray on this but it's made up of the same peptides that make up the spike protein for the coronavirus which is basically the same thing and, and your body doesn't it's so vague it can't recognize the difference basically yeah so okay so the syncotin one protein is basically part of the coronavirus so what they do for the mRNA vaccine is it it creates it injects this this like uh, spike protein is what's in the virus, and then your body starts building antibodies. So they, they inject you with this syncotin-1 protein, basically, and the rest of the virus, or the rest of the vaccine. And then your body starts building up antibodies. So then you have antibodies, it kills those spike proteins, and then if you do get infected with the coronavirus, which it has those spike proteins, you already have the antibodies. Right. Already, you're basically... <clears throat> You're creating antibodies before you need the antibodies. Yeah, you're making antibodies without having to be exposed to the virus exactly. beforehand. Yeah. Right. So tr- a traditional vaccine like the flu shot uh-huh. is a live virus. It's like weak and like almost dead. But right. Your right. body goes in and reacts to that. Mm-hmm. So the mRNA vaccines have never been used in humans before. They use them in animals for mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. But, and I'm not necessarily even like knocking on that. I just, from the human standpoint, it's okay, well, we rush this thing through the oven, like, super fast. Now, on the one hand, I think that's kind of a miracle of science because we see how quickly these companies and how quickly researchers can adapt to changing nature when government gets out of the way. Oh, yeah. Like, like if the FDA just shuts up, Mm -hmm. Pfizer can turn out a vaccine for something pressing in in six or seven months. That's a freaking miracle of modern science, and it should be celebrated, right? Absolutely. But morally... Again, knowing that I have no recourse against Pfizer Mm -hmm. for putting in something into my body that doesn't have a long time study 
or whatever. Right. And there is things to suggest that, you know, vaccines aren't necessarily the panacea that they're made out to be. That should be my choice. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because the thing they they miss, and I don't know why this is so hard for people to grasp, is what a vaccine is doing is it's, you know, there's we've heard a lot about herd immunity, herd immunity. Oh, herd immunity is bad. We don't want everybody to get sick. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what a vaccine does. It's just they're trying to skip the you get sick part. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fine. Yeah. But I'm not going to die from COVID anyway. Like, more than likely, like much more than likely. 99.9, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's a slight chance that something crazy happens. There's a slight chance that there's some sort of lasting effect. But now we're back to the same argument that I would have with like the flu shot. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like a 0.00001% chance, but it's only 30% effective of keeping me from getting something. That's your 99.99% gonna fight your body? Yeah, And get better in a few days. Yeah. Like, I'm not even gonna take that tiny chance, right? It's like going cliff diving somewhere where you've never been and there's no locals or anybody who's been there before it's like oh cool it looks like the water is deep and i could jump off these rocks but there could also be something five feet below the surface and i don't know right Right. well usually i just don't jump right yeah so there you go and that bothers me and then the other one that bothers me from the mandate side and what they're going to do is government's not going to mandate it what they're going to do is they're going to require businesses to require exactly people who use the business to get it Yep. And so the issue with that and, and why I think that becomes a everybody should be against it in principle is because you've basically then given government the okay to say you can inhibit all of my freedoms if I don't do something to my body that you tell me that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Which, how do you undo that once you've done it? You right. don't. Once you, once you give that up, it's it's gone. Yeah. Because now you've set a precedent under some perceived moral good, right? Yeah. Immunity from this Safety. virus that most people aren't affected by. Right. Safety for yeah. the greater good. And so, like the other one, with the, I'm pretty sure the mRNA vaccines are, there are two rounders too. I mean, it's like you get it and then you go back a month later and you get yeah. your booster. I think it's, I could be wrong. I th- it, it there's definitely is multiple uh, rounds and I don't know it may be three even yeah I mean and so so what happens when there's COVID twenty one right it's coming right COVID twenty three guess what there's COVID fucking three million sure there's COVID coronavirus is not new well and then I, and so what about the flu shot yeah does that does that become de facto mandatory now too you know and, right, the, and then right. where do you stop yeah and then so I don't know I just. If you have no way to go against stuff like that, how do you know that it's, that it's, I mean, even in that mRNA one, I thought I saw something the other day that was saying, and it fits that you said that it was something to do with like a a pregnancy thing that's found in women, because the thing I saw, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it said women should avoid getting pregnant within like two months of having coronavirus or the vaccine. Oh, that makes sense too. Yeah. You know, and that, that brings up the. I guess to to let the listeners know what we're talking about, um, there is some stuff going around and, and Dr. Wolfgang Wodarg and Dr. Michael Yeadon, I think was his name. I could have butchered. I know Wolfgang Wodarg was one guy's name. They were both employed through Pfizer, allegedly. I tried looking up to find out and I couldn't find anything. But Wolfgang Wodarg is a socialist Democrat, which is kind of funny because now he's way against this. He's also been been a big proponent of anti-coronavirus hype, which I'm kind of like, wow, you know. Um, 
it's just funny what other countries like if you you know yeah. here you have to be pro coronavirus and socialist you know right anyway uh they were both saying that go back to that spike protein that uh syncotin one is a cell-to-cell fusion protein which you have to have in order to basically carry a child and get pregnant if you don't have that you're sterile um, because it's cell-to-cell fusion. I mean, that's how, you know, people are made. So there was that, but also because we don't know the long-term side effects of even, you know, catching coronavirus because that syncotin protein is also in the coronavirus. And I get this as a different strain, so maybe it's just in this one, it's not in others. I, I don't know. But if you catch coronavirus, could you possibly become sterile? And, you sure. know, actually, syncotin 1 is also, I looked up later on, I didn't tell you guys, but that's also in males. It's part of sperm. Sure. And so the question then you have to wonder is, so sterile is a really heavy word, but now imagine if it's just an infertility issue, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. if there's a bull in a cattle field mm-hmm. that, like, has a really shitty sperm count, mm-hmm. he gets turned into hamburger. Now, right. not, not that that's what we do with humans, but, but think infertility in humans is a thing. Absolutely. That people struggle with. So if now yeah. you're doing that on a mass scale, I mean, you're basically slow marching towards the depopulation thing. I'm just, yeah, there it is. And so yeah. if you want to paint conspiracies about Bill Gates and the NWO and the Illuminati, uh-huh. there's the grand boobah. There's, yeah. there's Thanos in real life. Yeah. Right? That's and, exactly what it is. And Bill Gates is openly, openly discussed, wow, openly discusses um, depopulation. Yeah. I mean, he, he is huge about eugenics. You know, depopulation, and you know, that guy thinks he's God or something. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely Thanos. Thanos yeah, in real yeah, life. It, it is exactly Thanos, because from Thanos' perspective, he thinks he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. Thanos isn't a bad guy out to get people because he thinks he's bad. He's doing it because he believes that he's right, and that he's right. going to be the one to save the universe. That's Absolutely. why he does it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why that's such a hard one for people to see. And then that's the other one that sketches me out is you hear, and I could understand maybe, you know, the media, everybody has spent so long selling this as the apocalypse, the Spanish flu 2.0, which it's not. Right. Uh, that the first two vaccines are getting all the praise. Well, these two also happen to be the newest thing in people over a virus that's probably the least, I don't want to say least, but it's not, shouldn't be as big of a deal as we've made it. Well, there's two uh-huh. other vaccines right behind those that are more traditional, like the flu shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Johnson & Johnson was one of the companies, and then I want to say AstraZeneca was the other. I don't, don't quote me on that, but mm-hmm. also prominent companies. Yeah. And they're pretty far along. Like, okay, well, not that I am a big flu shot guy, but like, I kind of know what that is, and we've used it a lot. Right? Yeah. yeah so, I would... so why is that not more prominent? You know, especially if there is this narrative about, hey, there's mRNA shit, why can't we say, hey, there's going to be options? There's going to be this new one, right. and there's going to be the standard, you know? I'm all, you know, and if it comes down to, I guess... That's all separate from the mandatory thing, though, too. I'm still yeah. not for mandating. No. If it's voluntary, okay, whatever. Sure. But sure. the mandate thing, I think, should terrify people. It really should. It really, you know, I, and I don't know, get why it doesn't. I think because it doesn't terrify people is because they think... There are people out there that they, they really do think that... Well, it's for the greater good. You know, this is what we need. You know, nothing to them. I don't think they've opened their eyes well, enough. Well, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope argument because, okay, well, if this just stayed at, like, vaccine and health crisis thing, okay, fine. Uh-huh. 
but history tells us that's not how it's going to go. No, it's going to be something else in 20 years, and we're just going to slowly march down this thing where they can require you to do whatever yeah. for public health and safety. Yeah, and uh, you know, I have people th- deny that though. They deny that slippery slopes well, are a thing. So <laughs> to bounce off what you just said, like I, I have a theory, and you know, it, it, it starts in you know 250ish years ago, the United States was was born. You know, it was actually 244, but, you know, they started, you know, X amount of years before that. And, uh, okay, before before United States, there was kings and queens and peasants and subjects and rulers and, you know, you name it. There was always the person up top and there was always the person at the bottom. Like, we were, right. the, we were the people at the bottom. So then you had these group of guys that really, they just wanted freedom of religion for the most part, not to be taxed to death. They came over here, United States, and... Uh, create a new country and they're like you know we're gonna do this differently and we're gonna make the decisions we the people are gonna make the decisions so we kind of put a wrench in the plan or not the plan a wrench in how things were done and other countries followed suit other people were like hey hold on we don't have to be peasants we can actually have a little bit of say now no other country's done it as well as we have I don't think but it's out there so there are people out there that still to this day they don't like that the, right. You know, there are, I mean, there's, there's kings and queens and these people, they're, they're, they're children's grandchildren's grandchildren that, you know, that they want to be back in power. There are people that want that power. And, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, that's crazy. It's 2020 and we've evolved past that bullshit. 80 years ago, 80 measly years ago in the grand scheme of things, Adolf Hitler wanted to take over the world. Right. That's what he wanted to do. That's only 80 years ago. It's a fucking millisecond in the grand scheme of things. Or the fall of the Soviet Union in 1989 to 1990. Yes, yes. It was even more recent. Yes. uh, China, aspirations in the South China Sea over Vietnam and countries like that. Cambodia, Laos, Taiwan, Thailand. I mean, those are, it's an actual thing. Yeah, there's always going to be rulers and there's always going to be people beneath them. And so people think, oh, the slippery slope, like, oh, we've evolved past that. No, we haven't. No. And if there's anything that can help them get back to the way that, then they're going to fucking do it. And it comes in the form of a vaccine and taking away people's freedoms. They're going to fucking do it. Yeah, and I think I would throw in there, too, that it it doesn't necessarily even require uh, a villain, you know, because because what a lot of this comes down to is is the idea of moral high ground. Mm -hmm. So if these... You know, I don't know, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, Bill Gates, whoever you want it to be. Yeah. They don't do this out of a sense of, like, villainy. I mean, maybe not. Maybe they do. I don't know. But they don't have to. I mean, if they They think they're right and there's nobody around them to tell them wrong. Yeah, yeah. And nobody that can challenge them even if they did. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. That's your tyrant. Yeah. They don't know. Like, just... I mean, Adolf Hitler wasn't running as a villain. He was running as, like working class hero kind of guy, right? Like populism. Yeah, he it, thought it he was doing the, the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Every, you know, I don't think there's... Even I, even Anakin Skywalker thought he was doing the right thing yeah, when he ended up becoming Darth Vader. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. Uh, there, there's bad people in this world, and there are people in this world that, that just want to do bad shit. But the people that get in the kind of power like that, I don't think they actually just want to be... Well, there are definitely probably people out there. But the ones who become super prominent, it's because they want to do good. Because 
I think that's the that's the appeal of kind of American leftism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is because yeah, everything you to. do is it feels good or it's immediately good for somebody. Oh, you okay. don't necessarily think about the consequences of well, if I spend a bazillion dollars, then you know money becomes worthless and now everybody sucks and we're all worse off in twenty years. Mm-hmm. So, is it better to save the one or to try to save the fifty or you know what I mean? Like there's a give and take there. But that's the kind of even politics. That's how we get so far down this path where there are so many people that are sheep because they they know that they win these arguments by appealing to certain sets of emotions. Yeah. So it's whether it's victim culture or, or racial stuff or money stuff, it's it's never really about the underlying stuff. Mm-hmm. It's let's latch on to the symptoms. Yeah. I, even at work, you know, like if there's something that I want changed or something that's done almost, I'm, I'm not even going to say almost never. I'm going to say never ever. Does it happen when you just say, hey, I want this because I think it would be nice and make things easier? Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't happen. The only way to even get people to talk about spending money on something like that that's already established is to say it's a safety issue or oh, yeah. it's a it's a causes rework or something like that. Right. You, you have to appeal to a different set of sensibilities uh-huh. in order to uh-huh. get the idea across. And yeah. so that's why you see public health and safety, yeah. racism. The millionaires and billionaires. You know what I mean? It's, right, it's always right. that. You know, and it's, uh, go back to the vaccine and stuff. Like, you know, one argument that, you know, leftists always say is, take the vaccine, get, you know, for the greater good, and you're not going to kill my grandpa, my grandma, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I see a lot of people on the right saying things like, well, you know, what about the long-term side effects? I've never even seen a leftist even try to argue that or against that. They don't. Which, which is ironic, because prior to this, it was more the left-wing folk that were the ones were against big pharma and the vaccine thing, and we're against big pharma and all the drugs, and we're against big pharma and all this stuff, which is a fine take. Right. But that's disappeared. Doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Well, also anti-war leftists have, dis- leftists have don't disappeared, exist. too. That's, yeah. Yeah. Not all, to change all... the subject, but, you know, people don't appreciate that. I, I think Obama was wrong on a lot, a lot of foreign policy stuff. Oh, absolutely. Me, too. Joe Biden was wrong about even more for longer periods of time. And even the things that Obama got right, like not making Syria into a full-blown war, Joe Biden wanted to. What about Yemen? Yeah. I mean... Like, like Joe Biden is incredibly hawkish when it comes to that stuff. I mean, you're you're talking uh, one of the champions of, like, this Middle East shit going way back. So Mm I... What about... I don't know. 1960s Democrats. Anti-Vietnam. Anti-war. You just voted in a fucking guy who is so pro-war. I mean, it's 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 fake. It shouldn't be real, but it is. It is. Sure, because they know they just have to appeal to that baser set of emotions. Mm-hmm. Racism, rich yep. guy, poor guy. Yep. yep. There you go. And and it's it's hilarious because they're both super wealthy establishment people. Oh, fuck you know, yeah. like it's it's the epitome of. Y'all just voted for the aristocrat that gave you the better speech, even though they're still going to go back home to their ivory tower. You think the empty platitudes are going to come back? (laughs) I don't think they ever left. No, they didn't. I I think that there's a, there's an illusion with, with Trump. Yeah. And, and I, so we've brought this up in like our, our text that we're in. in Mm -hmm. I mean, I, anyway, I, I think more and more the thing that matters is, uh, we don't have to go into the voting stuff yet, but... What does Trump believe? What's real and what's not? So like on the right, I think in one of the other episodes we talked about the, for me, it's the pedophile thing. Uh-huh. And it's, it's 
it's morphed into a virtue signal. And I'm not saying all virtue signaling is bad. I mean, there's a time and a place for that. We're creatures of identity and you want to know what group to go with. So right. it, there's a place for it. But is it just a platitude? Well, it, it just doesn't gain anything. Yeah, it's an, exactly. I, it's an identifier. Yeah, for, like, here's, here's my in-group. I'm on the team that is anti-this, so, or but then, pro-this. But then, yeah. but then think about how, how kind of worthless that is, though. Because if you're in a world where you have to say that you're against that, it either means that your world is completely fucked and there is no hope for you because the pedophiles are just everywhere, (laughs) which QAnon would tell you that's the case. Very true. Very true. But in your average day-to-day life, it's not the case. And that's actually kind of rare when you really think about it. It it really is. Your kid's not going to get abducted at Walmart and sold into sex trafficking. It's just not going to happen. Right. And uh, it's the same with like... You know, whether it's the economic stuff or some of the race stuff, it always gets cast in a certain light to make it look like it's way more of an issue than it really is. Mm-hmm. And it gets people fired up that would might call out platitudes, but now that they're all sold on this virtue identity thing, the platitudes just, they, they, they just roll with it. Yeah, you know, and... Well, it's, even, almost, it's almost like people on the right are trying to learn how to play on people's emotions. They're they're getting there, the yeah, right? They're really slowly are. figuring yeah. out the left's game, and and honestly, God help us all when that happens, because the problem with it is, <clears throat> and this is what makes the right so weak, is that it's reactionary, and they never mm-hmm. take initiative to head to nip some of this stuff in the bud, and that's played a lot into getting us where we are. But at the same time, if one of the parties isn't willing to kind of be the bigger person and chase the actual results, even if it happens behind the scenes and you never get credit for it, mm-hmm. everybody's going to lose. Because the second we just start playing that game, mm-hmm. well, now suddenly both entities are just playing the game and the real issues aren't actually getting worked on because it's going to just be the game versus the game. Yeah, It's the end I, of the Republic. I wonder if then... It's either that or, or at that point we have the the crazy leftist uh, socialist type people end up kind of joining forces with the uh, basically the people on the right to do the same thing. It's just, you know, whichever flavor you want to pick. Yeah. And then you have the true uh, classical liberals end up joining forces with the libertarian minded folks. Sure. Because a lot of, you know, we've discussed this before, but we have a lot in common with classical liberals, free thinking, free thought, free speech. A lot speech. of people do. You know, well, so one thing I, I you know, it, it, nobody's probably heard of it now or would remember it, but for a hot minute, there was the idea of this thing called Project Unity. Uh-huh. And it was the uh, Eric and Brett Weinstein. I can't remember which one of them, but he kind of spearheaded it. And it, it, it never really went anywhere. Twitter actually ended up kicking it off, which is kind of surprising because the premise of it was, hey, we don't like some of these crazy Democrats. And uh-huh. we also don't like, you know, some of the crazy Republicans. So... Let's see if we can get enough people together to support, you know, kind of, I don't want to say centrist, but the rational candidates. Right. And then, and then see if that goes somewhere. And if we can get enough support, maybe we'll draft our own presidential ticket that is less concerned about Democrat, Republican, and more concerned with people. Well, it didn't end up happening, but the the two people that they picked for the, the ticket that, you know, could have been what everybody wanted was Tulsi Gabbard and Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, And so uh, you can have issues with both of those people, but I I would press anyone to go watch Tulsi Gabbard in the Democrat debates take down Kamala Harris over 
death penalty stuff and marijuana stuff and whatever. Oh, yeah. And Tulsi Gabbard also be, she's in the army, I'm pretty sure, is like a major or something. I think she uh, was. She is out. I think she's out now. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah she's, she was in. She's anti-war. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. And, you know, I, I disagree with her takes on like, you know, Obamacare or whatever. You know, it doesn't mean you have to like them. It's just mm-hmm. clearly she's a thinking adult. And, yeah. and she puts actual thought and isn't going to just give you platitudes. And then the same with like Dan Crenshaw. Like he's he's mid thirties, right? Uh, was a Navy SEAL, and he's more pro-war. I mean, he's been on Rogan and said that he disagrees with Tulsi about some of the war stuff. But he's a rational thinking adult, yeah, who's of the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And he's been on Rogan a couple times. He, I think he does his own podcast now. If you see him talk, he does a very good job of explaining. Like I listened to him talk about healthcare once for like an hour. Yeah, and he's, it's the first time I've ever heard a mainstream kind of Republican. He's just in the House Representative, so he's not really doesn't have like a ton of power. But right, say, but... you know, here's these twenty issues that all go into this healthcare thing, and so the Democrats have like this one narrative that they pitch, and it gets really popular. Yeah. The Republicans suck at explaining conservative ideas because we have to go through this litmus thing of like these 15 things that nobody understands because it's impossible to keep track of all 15 at once. So what do you do and how do we overcome that? And so he spends a lot of his effort like how do we work around this stuff, you know, whether it's climate change or healthcare? And conservatives need that. You don't have to like everything that Crenshaw talks about, but we need that. And right, like, right. I, I appreciate that Republicans kind of do need, like, so one thing that kills me is, like, if Democrats are like, we're going to spend a bunch of money on some pet project. Uh-huh. I, maybe there's a time and a place for Republicans to say, okay, we're going to do the same thing because if we don't just start slinging money, you know, we're not going to get what we want. We can't just be the party of no forever. But. Well, the thing is, I th- it's like we've had this rigid, this is what Republicans have to be and this is what Democrats have to be. And if you ha- and on this side, it's like if you have any kind of thought that doesn't agree with these these five different things, then you're automatically kicked out. Yes. And you're a part of these people. And and if you have any kind of thought about you know that that doesn't agree with what these five things are, you're automatically kicked out. It's like hold on, guys. What it's it's like the majority of people are independents, anyways. Yeah. So why the fuck are we still only voting on two parties? Right. Like we should just. You know what? We're tired of this fucking bullshit Republican thing. We're tired of this bullshit. The problem is it goes back to tribalism. Mm -hmm. Teams. Everybody wants to feel a part of something. And no matter what, you're always, you know, you have these ideas. You might think of differently, but you're not, one, you're not going to say anything. And then, two, if you don't agree with something that your party's doing, you're always going to find a way to try to justify why that's right. Deep down inside, you don't agree with it at all, but you're going to find a way. You're going to find a way to make sure that, you know, it's right because of this. And I've said this before on the podcast, you know, back in, you know, uh, 2001, I was very young. I think I was in, we were like, what, maybe eighth or ninth grade or something like that. But I was like, I'm a Republican, you know, because that's my parents were. You just do what your parents did. And and you're like, you know what, I'm going to, George Bush did the right thing because of this. And then, you know, four years later, well, I was still pro-George Bush. He did the right thing of this. And, you know, I was so anti-Obama, which I still am anti-Obama, but no matter what, I'm sure Obama has good ideas out there, but I was anti-Obama because of this. And until I became an actual free-thinking adult, probably around 25 when my brain fully developed, you know, I started thinking like, oh, well, I actually agree with that. Yeah. Oh, it's a liberal. 
oh, guess what? It's okay. I can agree with that because it makes sense, you know. But people still, whether they're twenty-five or fifty-five or whatever, they still they still agree. Well, my team said this. I've got to find a way to justify why my team said that. It's like people got to stop. You know. Yeah. We're independents. Most people are independents. So just quit being stupid. But yeah. Until they get out of that tribalism and that team, that team well, mentality. Yeah, and that, it goes I mean, goes back to the idea of like the platitude thing. Like, I mean, Trump is good at talking shit on platitudes, but he offers only platitudes of his own. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, what is "Make America Great Again" other than a platitude? What is what has he actually done? What is "Drain the Swamp" other than a platitude? When his attorney general right. goes from Jess Sessions to Bush one, who is one of the epitomes of the New World Order deep state, his right. guy William Barr. Yeah. Right. Like, everybody he's surrounded himself with for the last three years has been about as swampy as you can get. Mm-hmm. It's like the latest guy he's got, his defense secretary, is all right. You know, if you're against the war stuff, he is finally saying, oh, I'm going to end the wars. Okay, well, where was that three years ago? Yeah. Is the, is, is the only reason that we want to take troops out of Afghanistan now, even though he could have done this three years ago, to try to... Because then he knows that if shit really is fucked up over there, and I don't know... Then Joe Biden would have to be the one to say, I got to send them back. Right. You know what I mean? Is it less about save the troops and save America and more about fuck Joe Biden, which is just I, another uh, petty yeah. aristocracy fight? Oh, I've, I've thought about that. Because they don't yeah. actually give a shit about the 20-year-old going over there. No. It's all about, and then 2024, this is what Joe Biden did. Yeah. I got to piss again. I'm really sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Broke the seal. Yeah. I was also going to say, you know, the... You know, Trump uh, pulling everybody out of Afghanistan and then running again in 2024. It's like I've thought many a times. That's the only reason he wants to do it. Yeah. And so the other one I would wonder is in the climate of all this, you know, voter fraud, the elections rigged, you know, Sidney Powell, Linwood out there. Mm -hmm. How much does Trump believe? Because if you're telling everybody that this election was stolen because of massive fraud and but go ahead and vote in 2022 and 2024 because, you know, we got to. Mm-hmm. Well, those elections wouldn't matter if they can just steal it from a machine and then nothing changes. You know what I mean? Like, right, like the right. logical end game there is that, like, yeah. well, it doesn't matter anymore. No. So that's why I I wonder if he be- if he genuinely believes all of this stuff, right? And and we're talking more fraud than just a few paper ballots here and there, even if it's several thousand. Even right. if it's a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. if he's talking millions of fraudulent votes, and then I just I I don't see how that doesn't end in violence. Because if you thought that there was this massive fraud against your country, I mean you're kind of obligated to fix that, right? You can't you don't no. you don't you shouldn't even wait on courts, honestly, if you don't think you're going to win because the courts are also corrupt, which is what they're alle- alleging, right? That like it's just Every time you turn, the the conspiracy gets bigger. And I'm open to the idea. It's just, dude, you've been on this for like three or four years. And I've been conspiracy-minded since like the sixth grade. You yeah. know, shit, I remember dinner conversations when I was a kid talking about JFK and what do you think about, you know, this, that, and the other. So mm-hmm. a lot of people have been on kind of NWO stuff since forever. Right. You know, that's, that's been kind of a grand conspiracy ever since forever so yeah where is the actual 
result of any of this. Yeah. There's none. And so is it just, you know, tugging on a little string? Is it an empty platitude to get a certain type of person fired up and invested in something? And I, I get some of that, but it's not necessarily helpful because if you end up like, it's like what the Libertarian Party is doing and why the Libertarian Party fucking sucks because they go after all these like lefty people thinking that they're going to find all these kind of more open-minded freewheeling people. But what it ends up doing is it destroys the Libertarian Party and they're no longer Libertarians. Oh, absolutely. And so then what? Now you're just nothing. You're just a word. And so, I don't know. And and I really think the Libertarian Party needs to go after more right-wing type people. Sure. Um, Because generally, at least in the past, Republicans were less government. Yeah. You know that they weren't they weren't so big. Most of like, them still are the the sort of left wing persons like they're they're pretty rare. Like yeah. I've met a few of them, and then like high profile, the only ones I could think of that would be like at least like civil libertarian mm-hmm. would be like Glenn Greenwald, Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if you went after those people and say, hey, listen, because then you can start peddling the you know pro-marijuana laws, which, I mean, honestly, I know tons of Republicans don't give two fucks if marijuana is legal. It's like you've got these, I think, I, honestly, I think that Washington, D.C. is just disconnected from they the popu- from the population. Well, it's because they're, they're playing a different game. And so, like, that marijuana bill that they, the House passed, Democrat mm-hmm. House, mm-hmm. it actually is a good bill. Like, I don't have any problem with that at all. I didn't like, either. It, but, I, I read it. it, it so it, did I. It decriminalizes it, make it fine, and then it takes most of the tax money that are generated from marijuana sales, and it pumps it specifically into the black community or the community that is incredibly impoverished. And so to me, right. it's like, if you're wanting to correct the problem of the drug war, that's fine. Because... This one group of people was disproportionately affected. The you, money should go there. We want to correct this. And yeah. then in 50 years, if things have evened out, then we can consider... You know, should we start diverting stuff? Yeah. But I think that's a, it was a great place to start. Now, obviously, the Democrats are only bringing that up now because they want to have this big Kamala Harris win going into inevitably Joe Biden stepping is down. so funny. Yes. And the Republicans <laughs> know that. So yeah. they don't want to hand the Democrats a win on this culturally popular issue going into yeah. that election because then, you know, Kamala Harris becomes some figure that they can't yeah. ever take down again. So they don't even... Their issue in the Congress isn't even about marijuana versus no marijuana. It's about Democrat versus Republican. Yeah. So there's the disconnect. They're not even playing the same game we are. Mm -hmm. Because if they were, that bill would have happened under Obama, right? Or or before that. Right. And then uh, the Republicans wouldn't be against it. Like, even to hear him say... Man, they're dragging their feet on coronavirus relief, but they're more concerned about marijuana and then, like, passing laws because of Tiger King. You know, like, there's new laws about tigers or whatever. But... Is there really? I didn't realize that. I didn't read up I on it. I saw something, I guess, now that you say that, but I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but the, the thing that kills me, because it was even, like, Jim Jordan on the marijuana thing, was mm-hmm. he's saying, oh, we got to do this coronavirus relief. And on the one hand, like, I get it. But on the other hand, it's really the state's individual states that are shutting places down mm-hmm. so why is the federal government spending everybody's tax dollars to pay off businesses in california and new york that the governors of california and new york told they can't do a business anymore that kind of freaks me out and i think is unnecessary bit. and then the other one is 
Dude, this marijuana bill would release thousands of people from prison all across the country. Yes. How is that not more impactful to those families and those individuals than your measly little, we're going to give Amazon a loan to buy more trucks because we need right. more Amazon trucks for the coronavirus, you know? You know, it's funny you said that because I've gotten to a few online arguments about the, the bill, and, I, and I, I, didn't, I didn't read every single bit of it, but I did read majority of it. Mm-hmm. And... uh it's like what's okay? What's worse? What's better? What's worse or better? Keeping people imprisoned over nonviolent crimes that you know, I mean, tons of people that our tax dollars have to go to yep. and keep them prisons funded, or we pass this one bill that yeah, we we do have some tax dollars that goes to it. I get it. I don't like taxes either. I'm pretty libertarian minded, and I I really hate taxes. But if I have the choice. Right, you're taking the money either way. These yeah, are my only choices, gun to my head. Because, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Libertarians are like, no taxes at all. Yeah, me too. But I also am a realist, and they're going to fucking take money. So, what do you want it to go to? You know? And there's like, honestly, I think there's a ton of... Uh, there's a ton of libertarians out there that are just closet like conservatives that are yeah. super conservative... And they've kind of been told, like, oh, be against this. So instead of thinking for themselves, they just say, I'm against it. And they're, you know, then they're like, well, it's because taxes. But like, well, okay, really? They're going to take them. So yeah. you decide. And I would rather have people out of prison for nonviolent crimes. And, you know, pump that money, or pump that money into the community that Kamala Harris destroyed yeah. and Joe Biden destroyed. Absolutely. I mean, because they are the ones who started that shit. Yeah. Well, and well I, I would say started, but they continued it. It's a culture thing, too, because you realize that. Well, disproportionately, it's men. And not that they're all great men. A lot of those guys probably are scumbags. They might end up right back in jail. But mm-hmm. a lot of those guys are, well, shit, he's got two kids that have grown up without a father figure altogether. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean he has to be father of the year every year. It's just that, hey, we have enough data going back long enough to tell us that like, when dad is not present in the home, it does not go well. You right. end up raising men who become grown-up versions of their mom, which is not good nah, or- to have just sort of... Anyway, right, gonna right, get in trouble, right, so right, right. gotta stop there. But yeah, well, man, I probably ought to cut this off because it's getting a little late. But uh, I think that was a good episode. Yeah, I really do. I like to keep going, but it is time. So, well, cool, sweet. All right, bye, everybody. <laughs>